The Tao of Self-Confidence, Episode 746. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. Well, hello, friend. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. I'm your host today, Sheena Yapchan, and today I have a phenomenal lady on the show today. She's an anti-bias educator, and I'm really excited to have her on and share her story with us today on self-confidence. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Liz Kleinrock. Liz, how are you today? Maybe you can fill in a little bit more by yourself to the listeners. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. So my name is Liz Kleinrock. I am an anti-biased and anti-racist educator for both children and adults. I got my start working in public education about a little over 10 years ago. So I was a classroom teacher for 10 years and had a really strong focus when I began on social emotional learning and kind of ended up looping um, with my students. So kind of had a mix of the same students for three years in a row. And because I was able to develop such close relationships with them and we were able to build on so much of our work, I really wanted to see how much we could expand and apply what we were doing in class to the world around us. So we started to tackle more complex, like quote unquote, quote, adult issues like race and gender and religion and, you know, all kinds of differences. And it really caught on. And so these days I'm writing a book to help educators develop their own practices around equity and inclusion in the classroom, as well as parents and family members support to, to support those conversations at home. Thanks for sharing that. And I think that's great what you're doing. You know, I mean, a lot of schools now don't really teach about that kind of stuff. And it's, I think, really necessary, especially when, you know, because we go to school so that we could be ready for the world. And, you know, when we still have outdated techniques, how can we be ready for that, right? So I'm really glad you're able to do that. And Liz, what's your cultural background? I am Korean-American. I'm adopted. So I was born in South Korea and was adopted when I was like around five, six months old and raised by a large white Jewish family in Washington, D.C., where I spent my entire childhood. And I would definitely say that the challenges I've had to go through to navigate my identity and who I am have certainly played a huge impact on why I think this work is so important with youth. Thanks for sharing that. And what be your favorite self-confidence quote? I am a huge Brene Brown fan, and it's not a Brene Brown quote, but it's a quote that she used in her last book, Dare to Lead. And it's actually by Teddy Roosevelt, who unfortunately is a problematic person, but I really, really love this quote. So I'm trying to reconcile that. (laughs) Okay, so the quote is, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does eventually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Thanks for sharing that great quote. And in your own words, how do you define self-confidence? And I think a big part of self-confidence is knowing yourself. And I do think that it is something that 
gets a lot easier with age. I think if you have a strong sense of who you are and your own identity, it is so much easier to present yourself authentically to the world. And that's something, at least for me personally, that's taken quite a long time to develop. I feel like because of my dual identity as somebody who is Asian American, but has been raised in a white family, not even being able to put my finger on exactly who I am and where I come from was something really, really challenging. But it was really being able to fully embrace my Asian American identity, like my Jewish upbringing as well, you know, the work that I've been doing as an educator and not doubting myself, you know, it's been quite a journey. And I think a lot of it really started with having some folks who were able to see my work and what I was doing in ways that I was not able to see because I was too close to it. It was too personal. But it's a lifelong journey. There are still things that I'm definitely working on. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that great definition. And Liz, what was your life like before your discovery of self-confidence? I think I had a lot of very loud inner critic voices going on in my head at the same time. I think before I could really consider myself to be self-confident, a lot of the decisions I made were for other people. And I think as a teacher, you spend so much of your time giving to your students, giving to your school, giving to your community. You don't spend as much time you know, cultivating a space for yourself to be yourself, to decompress and things like that. So I think it was really a journey in trying to shift and transition from seeing who I was and the work that I was doing for the benefit of other people, but also seeing how it was replenishing and energizing myself too. Thanks for sharing that. And I think, you know, a lot of us go through that, especially as Asian women, where our inner critic is always like the loudest and it's not always the the good voice. Um, We always feel like we're our own worst enemy and we just always think the worst of everything, not realizing that really hurts us and really brings our confidence down. And the more we're kinder to ourselves, the better we can be and go out there and do the things that we want. And what was that point in your life when you realized you can go out there and be that person today? What was that aha moment? I mean, to be honest, I don't think it was even until I'm 32 right now, until maybe like three or four years ago, I felt that I had really hit a stride in my teaching practice, gotten to a place where I was able to do more things in the spur of the moment. I wasn't having to spend like hours and hours planning and thinking about every single thing that I was going to say the next day. I didn't have to like script out conversations that I was going to have with students. Everything just flowed more organically. It was really when a lot of my students started to come back to my classroom, students who had graduated from my classroom. And I think when you're a teacher, it's very unusual to have that opportunity to see the impact to the work that you're doing with kids, because at the end of the school year, like you might never see your student again, you know, they might not come back and visit you, they might move, they might transfer to a new school, but being able to see the impact that a lot of the work we were focusing on in terms of like race and difference and justice, and the type of impact that it had on them, what they were taking out into the world and how they were engaging at their new classes or new schools, or, you know, in their immediate communities, I think that really spoke for itself. And that really definitely validated the work that I was doing. Thanks for sharing that. And it's amazing. You know, you never know who you can impact, right? I mean, just because you're doing the work and you don't see results doesn't mean like people aren't affected by it or people aren't aren't inspired by it. But, you know, you just never know, right? That's why it's just, it's great that you just go out there and continue your work because there is someone out there who benefits from it. And because of that, what's your life been like now? It's been really good. It's been really empowering and something that I've also realized in the past few years as I've gained like more success in this field and more recognition is just that the more empowered I feel, the more I want to bring as many people as I can with me. You know, I think 
power hoarding is something that is so ugly, but unfortunately that so many people in this world do once they achieve a certain status. But all I want to do is be able to like uplift and elevate other educators, other parents, other activists, people who are doing this work, but might not have the same access or platforms that I do. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And, you know, to the woman who's listening to your episode, she may be in her own journey to self-confidence. What would be that one tip you would give to her? I would say that you should be really intentional when thinking about your own community because, you know, you can do this work by yourself. But, you know, I think for your own self-care and your own resilience, it's really important to stick with people who are going to have your back on the best of days and on the worst of days. If you find success, the ones who are going to stand with you and celebrate you rather than look at you, you know, with envy or try to downplay your accomplishments. And it's really important to surround yourself with those types of people. Thanks for sharing that great tip. And if our listeners wanted to get to know a little bit more about you and what you do and check out some of your work, is there any links or social media profiles we can connect with? Sure. I am the most active by far on Instagram. My handle is at teach and transform. I also have a website, teachandtransform.org. If you're interested in learning more about like anti-bias or anti-racism work, I have some samples of work that I do with students and adults, as well as like a recommended reading list for people who want to start their own educational journey there. Thanks for sharing that. And to our listeners, if you want to connect with Liz, you can also head on over to thetowofselfconfidence.com and search for Liz's name. Her show notes will pop up along with everything else that we talked about. And I really just want to thank Liz today for taking the time to share her story and tips with us on self-confidence. So thank you so much, Liz. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here. Not a problem. It was really great having you on the show. And to our listeners, be on the lookout for another new episode of Another Amazing Woman's Journey to Self-Confidence. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Tao of Self-Confidence. Get your free self-talk tape for building self-confidence by visiting our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits.